This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Proctor here with you on a gorgeous Saturday morning. Isn't it looking great out there? The sun was actually kind of blinding on my drive <laughs> yeah. here. Oh, now you would find something to complain I'm so about. Just, I'm come sorry. on. Just telling you. We're getting close to Christmas and uh, Hanukkah and all that stuff. No, we're in the middle of Hanukkah right now. We're, so. we're, we're in the middle of Hanukkah and getting close to Christmas. Isn't that what I said? Sort of. Sort of. Um, bottom line is, it's a beautiful yeah. day, so thank yeah. you for pointing that out. But that, you know, that sun just on the horizon yeah. is a I, bit dangerous. Matter of fact, yesterday, uh, yesterday I was down in St. Catharines to visit mm-hmm. some friends. And, but I had the to old use, farts club, wasn't it? They, you, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> we met at the Cat's Caboose and had several brewskis. There you go. It and, yeah, sounds like the old had farts. Good, had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you walked home. Or... Uh, well, I was very cautious uh, on the way home. I, yes. I, I stayed uh, quite a while good. to make sure that I was okay. Good. Anyway, here we are on the garden show. Yes, we are. One would hardly suspect that. Justin's in the behind the uh, controls mm, there. Welcome, taking Justin. Taking care of biz. And what you do is give this call. Give, give this call a number. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days I can tell. Uh-huh. Give this call. <laughs> give this number a call. For Toronto, 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And a special hello to uh, Ms. Mary Ellen Morgenstern, who is a teacher at Doosan uh, Public School. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was over there reading, I think it was on Wednesday, my little book to the kids. Your little and, book called? Yeah, the Day the... the- the, the, the day the Welling Canal monster first met Santa, and it was it was oh, <laughs> a, long a ton title. of fun, and the kids were so good. And it's a French immersion school. Yes, yeah. but you read it in French, obviously. We. Oui. Ah, may we? May we? May we? May Perfect. Hmm. Bonjour. <laughs> yeah, or uh, okay. I'm, I'm voilà le stylo. Yeah, I'm good at that too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Je m'appelle Franck. Huh? How about that? Okay, so let's do the garden show in French, oh, okay. shall we? Oh, oh, yeah, goody, goody. So anyway, uh, the call's coming in. I you don't gave see the, the, no, 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 it's just because I haven't, you haven't got the right screen up here. Well, I can see uh, over here. You oh, see? So you can. No calls yet. I can't believe it. Well, it's because. Do you want to just wish Charlie a. Uh, happy Christmas or Merry Christmas, whatever. That's okay, too. That's okay. Yep. You can share anything that's going on in the garden, yep. inside, outside, mm-hmm. uh, planning for next year. Happy to hear questions. Um, I do want to remind you of a couple of things yeah. coming up. One is, did you know that right now, sort of this week right now, yeah. is the Christmas bird count is on? Oh, I love this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, we've talked in the past, and mm-hmm. we will later in February, talk about the great backyard bird count, which is where you mm-hmm. count birds. It's only a 15-minute 
in your backyard thing. But the Christmas bird count has a pretty interesting story behind it. It's an over it's been over a hundred years since this bird count has been going on. It takes place all over North America. It's very organized. So it's not necessarily just in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's usually done through your local birding club right. that you'll um, connect in and be typically given an area mm-hmm. to, to be in charge of. And you'll be counting species and counting numbers of birds. And <clears throat> But it all started because there used to be a hunt back in the day mm-hmm. at Christmas. And the, the, the villagers would get together and divide into teams and go out and see who could shoot the, mo- the most birds. And the people that shot the most birds won every year. So from that has evolved into a conservation. Exactly. Thing. Just it was flipped it right Recognized that this was not a really smart idea well, from a conservation perspective. Yeah. Exactly. So a big flip to now counting the birds. And it's, it's citizen science, right? It's, it's regular people yeah. out there um, and, and often teamed up with people that know a lot about birds mm-hmm. to help uh, identify. I guess I was hearing on the, a different radio station as I was driving here um, – uh, some people that were in Hyde Park last weekend, mm-hmm. and they saw a couple, well, you know, they saw a snowy owl, for example. Oh, really? And they yeah. heard a great horned owl, because these people know their birds. And um, we're going to go to Hyde Park later, so we'll, yep. let's go see if we can hear that great horned owl. Um, and they saw um, an, an eider duck, I think it was, and that's typically, it should be out in the East Coast right now, but it's they here saw... It's right? Well, it's just, I guess it's a little delayed uh, getting, yeah, yeah. getting out on its flight. So, um, yeah. Well, you know, we can it's pretty interesting. calls on that. You know, if you want well, to call and say, I, I saw a snowy owl out in the backyard. Yeah, that's By right. Means, well, let us, know. let us know, because, I mean, the reason I even know about this is because I live in Richmond Hill, and R- Richmond Hill, the naturalists in Richmond Hill are actually mm-hmm. running the Richmond Hill bird count today. So it, there's like a whole week, and different communities jump on for certain days. Uh, so th- you, it all starts, like I say, volunteering uh, between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. and watching the yard. So people with feeders yeah. will offer their yard to these bird aficionados to come and hang out oh, in their neat? backyard to count the birds. Yeah. I mean, I should be doing that right now. I shouldn't be here because I've got feeders and I've got birds, I'll tell you. Now, I just, they're finch, I've got finches. I've heard people time and again cardinals. say for the birds. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, the odd blue jay, lots of chickadees. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen anything really unusual. But then again, I don't know enough about birds to know if I did see something unusual. So that's going on. Anyway, that's the bottom line. That is going on. And we've got a couple of emails and other things going on. So uh, give us a Call. You can give numbers. Yes, do- it did. 416-360-0740. That's the Toronto line. And anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And uh, barring any f- uh, further announcements, are you... I'm, I think I'm good for now, but I do have now? more that I can fill okay. later if Absolutely. you're looking oh, for no, I think some we'll be just fun and interesting facts. <laughs> okay. We'll tap dance till ready. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what you do is, is give us a call, and uh, we'll be uh, here for you at AM 740. Zoomer Radio as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And little Frankie Proctor in here in the studio with uh, the gardening guru of AM 740. That would be Charlie mm-hmm. Dobbin. Ooh, Thank you. I like that one. Yeah, I do like that That one. just flew off the top Goddess of my Goddess of the garden head. works, yeah. too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. And, of course, you being the sous chef. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah, so I sent you a little note the other day, yes. and I spelled it S-I-O-U-X. I know. I responded, dear chief. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bob in Toronto. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Hello, Robert. A perennial, or does it have to be started from a seed? Uh, your question was about milkweed? That's right. Actually, that's a great question. Um, hmm. I think... I'm I'm 99% sure that it's an annual that you have to start it from seed. Oh, good to know. Okay, why did you have some in the garden that you don't? Oh, yes, I'm I'm dealing with it now. Uh-huh. I, I like them around very much. Okay. Is the shell around the milkweed seed very tough, and should it be cracked open by the winter cold? Yeah, it will. Once the seeds are ripe, that outer coating, that sort of pod, will burst open. And when that bursts open, the little fuzzy seeds will disperse because they are wind carried by the wind. So you collected some pods, did you? That's right. Yeah. All right. So have you allowed? Uh, where have you got them now? Are they being being allowed to mature somewhere? Well, I've put some in the ground now, okay. but I put some in the fridge. Ah, okay, uh, which is fine, uh, but they're still in the pod. That's right. Okay, yeah. so I would uh, get those, allow those to sit out, um, just even on the counter. Uh, they will crack open as they as the warm up time, tiny bit, and the uh, um, dries the, the outer coating starts to dry. Once it cracks open, then absolutely yes, you can keep those seeds refrigerated for the winter, and then get them started indoors if you like in March, or wait and do some dispersing of them. Um, April, early May. Oh, that, that's a good idea. So there is a hard shell around them. Yes, there is. Yep, that's the way they grow. Very good. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Hey, thanks for joining us, Bob. Thanks. Are you a first-time caller by the end Oh, no, many times. Many I, times, I okay. I recognize Bob's Yeah, voice. all right. Yeah. There you go. you got a better ear than I this morning, no that's for worries. sure. Thanks, Bob. Thanks. Have a wonderful Christmas, Merry okay? Merry Christmas. Same to you. All righty. And on we go to uh, Laura in Eris, Ontario, one of our regular callers. I guess and, so. And she's yep. for the birds this morning, I think. <laughs> hey, Laura. Hi. Uh, hi, Charlie, and hi, Frank. Good Hello. morning. Um, Merry Christmas to both of you. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Before we finish, speaking of birds, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago I had 36 canaries on my deck. <gasps> Holy moly, really? Yeah, yeah, we've been feeding the birds since 72. We started with a little, two, my husband built two blue, two feeders uh-huh. <laughs> me, for the blue jays. Well, the blue jays came. And this morning, <laughs> they wait on the deck every morning for me to throw up peanuts. Oh, that's so cute. And this morning, there were at least half a dozen there. So you said canaries? The canaries. So little, like like yellow finches? So, yeah, the goldfinches. Yeah, the goldfinches. They change color in the in the fall. That's right. And they have a little bit of yellow on them, but they're mostly kind of an olive color. That's right, yeah. But yeah. I, I had 20 here yesterday. That's great. Yeah, but uh, oh, yeah, they're here every day because I got feeders hanging on the deck. Neat. And I also have a couple of plates out here under a table. So how do you control the squirrels? <laughs> or you don't? Uh, I take them for... I, I relocate them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't. Oh, that sounds... Do, does the relocation involve burying them? <laughs> uh, Not necessarily. No, I haven't done that. But I, I have re- relocated them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I okay. had a couple here, a couple of black ones, and they were very obnoxious. Oh, okay. And uh, I caught them, and I... Relocated. Them. Well, hey, yeah. good for you. Well, I actually find that the black, because uh, like, mm-hmm. I have every color squirrel yeah. in my backyard, and I find the black ones are actually the friendliest ones. Uh, and they're very aggressive, too. But oh, the gray. But they go up on the roof, that's yeah. it. I don't want them up there. That's right. Any yeah, squirrel yeah. can chew through and look that's for a right. home, make, or oh, make a home. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't seen them now since, oh, I think it was November, October or November. Oh, so I they've. Seen them since. They I know. Seen any. Yep, they know well, about they, you, obviously. Yeah, Words out. We're not going to Laura's place. Guess what happened last time? Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, thanks, Laura, for the call. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks, thanks so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, in case thanks. we don't talk to thanks, you until then. Okay. Thank you. Take uh, care. Okay, Bye-bye. thank you. We have to take just a little bit of a break. We're going to be talking to Betty and Hamilton in just moments. Uh, but uh, it is time for Charlie and I to extol the virtues of a wonderful product that is a very natural product found in the Sierra Mountains. The good people at Sierra Sill... That's why it's named Sierra Sill. Mm-hmm. Uh, have developed this this product that helps you yeah. and your your uh, aches and pains, right? Right. Well, and it's the the little pills that you and I both take are mm-hmm. the ones that really help with joint pain. Yeah. So any stiffness in the joints, um, just regular aging, regular pain, right? Or or from overuse and abuse, kind of pain with our knees or ankles or wrists. Mm-hmm. Sierra Sill really seems to make a difference. It just you know greases the wheel, so and to speak. A, the phone number, which you'll hear. Charlie give you in a moment just joint 14 and that's for a special reason right because for most people they will feel better after taking Sierra Silva mm-hmm. and they'll know within 14 days whether it's working for them so that's where the phone number comes in which is one eight seven seven joint 14 and if it doesn't work for you you get your money back get your money back exactly so well, uh, for more information yeah give them a call wrong. check them on the web sierrasil.ca and don't forget to look in the same place you buy the regular Sierra Sil pill form Try the new analgesic spray, the topical analgesic spray. It is marvelous. I swear, I swear by this stuff. Anyway, you get that done, okay? In the meantime, I'll tell you how to spell Sierra Sil. Here we go. It's S I E R R A S I L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor in the studio with Charlie. Happy to welcome to the line Betty from Hamilton. Hi, Betty. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Morning. Um, I'd like some more information about you are talking about uh, growing tulip bulbs on the inside, you know, the house. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, what I want to know, are, should the tips be buried or do you put soil over them? No. Um, unlike when we plant bulbs outside and we bury them right down under the ground, yeah. when we plant bulbs inside in a pot, you can leave the little pointy ends just right, just really right at the surface, uh, oh, even protruding a I tiny bit. I buried mine and I wondered if it was right. And, and also, do we water them? Of course. Water them once thoroughly. Uh-huh. So that the water say just water them once. Water them once thoroughly, so the water drains through. Yeah. Then take that pot of soil and bulbs, moist soil and bulbs, package it all up in a dark plastic bag, preferably, and stick the whole thing in the fridge. Oh, oh, I've got them in the fruit cellar right now. Okay, perfect. You've got a fruit cellar, and it's a dark fruit cellar, obviously. So that's fine. So you don't even need that plastic bag then, because you do want to. Okay. You you do want to keep them dark. I would probably put them in a maybe a paper bag. uh, Check them every now and then. You don't want them to dry out. The, yeah. the pot to completely dry out. But on the other hand, you certainly don't want it to, to get all soggy and start to rot. Okay. And, th- and how soon should I see results? Well, you, actually, you, there will be results happening as we speak because roots oh. will be growing underground and you won't see those. But, oh, but those... Oh, okay, so but when will I... Okay, well, when will the tips start to grow then? Uh, they will start to grow in about eight weeks, but you're still going to leave the pots in the root cellar for at least 12 weeks. 
12 weeks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that, and so at that point, there will be little sprouts started and they uh, will be white because they're in the dark. Oh, so I when see. You, okay. And then I pull them out and uh, bring them up to room temperature. That's right. So room temperature, sunny location. Uh, they'll green up very quickly, water as necessary. You know, you don't want them to be, you know, rotting, but on the other hand, you don't want them to dry out entirely. And oh, they will okay. start to bloom. Well, you gave me a lot more information I didn't know before. Okay. Anyway, thank you ever so much. Thanks so much for calling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And uh, have a happy, 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 happy. Um, not into Easter stuff yet. Not no, yet. happy holiday season. Well, That's it's funny too. Say. Yeah. So Betty was just talking about forcing tulip bulbs. Uh-huh. And uh, one thing you will find if you grab around and come on, you little devil girl. Yeah, That's you would exactly, do that. Yes. Being the sous chef of the <laughs> yes. garden, uh, those of us that actually garden wouldn't <laughs> ever threaten our plants by. <laughs> Grabbing them by the neck. (laughs) (laughs) I might, you know, threaten them verbally, but I would never grab them by the neck. So um, bottom line is, I was going to say, when you want to force any bulbs for indoor beauty, there are some varieties that are better than others. Mm. And that's partially got to do with the ultimate height of the plant. So if you know, like you may have noticed, sometimes outside in the outdoors, tulips will grow almost two feet tall. And other tulips will only grow, you know, three inches tall. And everything in between. Between. So if you're trying to force the tulips that want to grow two feet tall, it's not always as effective because they, you just don't – the pot is never big enough to handle yeah, a yeah. two-foot tall plant. So whenever you're choosing bulbs for forcing, choose bulbs that are going to be 12 inches tall and But how do you under. know? Oh, it tells you right on the – Oh, does it? Yeah, package. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It always tells you the ultimate I, height. I thought you had to be a bit of a psychic. Okay, oh, right, this right. one is, is going to be two feet tall. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Different varieties grow to different heights. Ah, so, you, <clears throat> you know, many well, – you see. Yes. I, I, That's I, why I, you're the sous chef. This is why I'm <clears throat> the sous chef. Oh, good heavens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have a first-time caller on line. My goodness, oh, Eileen from chimes. Belleville. Listen to this. Yes? Here here come the chimes for you. Oh, Thank there you, you are. I need chimes. Don't Good. Oh, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I have a problem with a lemon tree mm-hmm. that I started from a seed. Mm-hmm. It's now about four to five years old, and it's about six feet tall. It has done so well. I put it out in the summer, bring it in in the winter. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to do that, yeah. it being so tall. Uh-huh. But anyway, this fall, I brought it in in September, and since then, it has had sticky leaves, uh-huh. and they droop down. And it's lost a couple, but not a whole lot. But I'm wondering, it never had that sticky substance on its leaves before. Right. So, and you know why that is. No, it's very good that you've noticed that because that tells me what's going on. Whenever we have stickiness on the leaves of a plant, we know we have an insect infestation and the insects are uh, using their mouth parts to make very, very microscopic holes in the leaves. But there are no holes in the leaves. No, you're not seeing them. They're, 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 these are super ni- oh, okay. microscopic mm-hmm. holes. Mm-hmm. And then when the little insect moves on to make another hole, sap or nectar from the plant drips out those little microscopic holes. And that's okay. where your stickiness comes from. Likely, now, aphids are famous for doing this. A, um, aphids are typically always found on the growing tips of plants. On the growing tips, okay. But it's to my mind, unlikely that you have aphids at this time of year. It is possible, but 
not as likely as something else that is called scale. So scale. S C A L E. Scale. So how do I treat scale? Scale you will treat with uh, an insecticide, and it, the best one, probably only one, I think you could use on the lemon tree, is one that is called End All. So E N D. All, yes, I've A-L-L. seen that in the store. Never yep. used it. And you will follow the directions very closely uh, that are on the package. You will want to take that tree and put the lemon tree, put it somewhere. Like you don't want to spray in your living room because there's oil in the end all. And the oil that's going to, you know, when you're spraying, you've got to spray thoroughly. And when we spray thoroughly, it means that we will have overspray and you don't want to spray your curtains or your couch right. or, mm-hmm. you know, the rug or anything like that. And if you can, the best place at this time of year to do our spraying of plants is in the bathtub with the, you know, where we can wash the bathtub yeah, later. I can do that. So if you can do that, that's what I would do. I would move the plant right into the bathtub, get a hold of the end all, follow the instructions. It's very important that you shake and continue to agitate, you know, every couple of spritzes mm-hmm. and spray thoroughly till it, w- the plant is dripping. Will it um, spread to other plants? Because it, I have a mass of plants, like about... Uh, 25 all in one yeah. place. Yeah. So, yes, it could. Uh, that's And that's always one of the right away you want to isolate a plant when we suspect it has uh, an infestation of any kind. But scale is pretty specific. They The ones that would be on a lemon tree would prefer lemon trees. So if you had 25 lemon trees, you would have a problem. But, no, I just have one. Yeah. Now, spider plants will often get scale. But it's not the same variety of scale that you get on lemon trees. And other than that, most indoor plants don't get scale. But look for aphids first. Like I said, aphids will be on the tips, and they will be very, very small little insects, but they'll all be congregated on the growing tips. Scale is an actual shiny little bump, and that'll be on the underside of the leaves, brown, shiny bump. You scrape it off. And you can scrape it off, yeah, with your fingernail, or you'll see them right on the branches. And they're they're quite camouflaged when they're on the the bark because they're they're the color of the bark. I'm very proud of this. It grew so well. Sounds great. Yeah, you don't want to lose it. And I love to have it blossom. Yeah. Even if it doesn't, well, it may never produce fruit, but that doesn't matter. I just like to see it blossom and grow. That's Isn't that great? That's wonderful. Hey, thanks for joining us from Belleville, Eileen. Uh, Don't be a stranger, okay? It's been my pleasure, and I like that information. Thank you, Charlie. You're very welcome. Merry Christmas. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And Justin doing a great job in the control room today because he's informed me that we have another first-time caller oh. waiting on the line. And, and there's uh, those that chimes. would be Jean in Etobicoke. Hi, Jean. Hello. Hello and welcome. Oh, thank you for call, for answering my call. Um, you've already answered some questions about uh, milkweed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I want to know is what you know about a bromeliad. No, they grow. They or they they grow. Well, I call them horns. Mm-hmm. And my daughter has planted two of them, uh, and they're upstairs uh, on a south window. Uh, I'm wondering what to expect of those. And there's two more there. I'm wondering whether I should just leave the thing in there. Okay, so there's a two more, as in two more little babies are, are sprouting. Oh, there! I mean, they're about five or six inches now. Right, coming off of the the main plant. And the main plant, and yeah. Okay. So bromeliads, and we've talked about bromeliads in the past, they, um, they are a member, well, think of pineapple. Pineapple's a member of the bromeliads. Uh, yeah, that's right, yeah. They're very interesting plants in the sense that they have a tiny, tiny root system under the soil. They get most of their moisture and nutrient from rain that drops 
in the mm-hmm. real world outside, oh. out of the sky, and it fills up that cup because they're always designed like a funnel. And, and the moisture, the rain, the mist, the dew will, will funnel down into the center of the plant. So they're not getting the, the nutrients from the soil so much as from the sky. It's from the sky, yeah. exactly. And that's what I do. I do water from that middle of it. That's right, as you should. And you should always have some moisture in that, that central funnel-shaped cup. Oh. Uh, make sure, of course, that the, the water you're putting in there is not straight out of the tap and that it is room temperature and preferably it is sat out for at least 24 hours just to – and, of course, in the best case, you want to use rainwater, mm. right, to, to water these guys because that's, that's always the best case. South window is perfect. They love the bright, sunny spot. Um, so continue to leave them there. Now – if when you when the main plant starts to shoot little extra babies off of the mother you can slice the babies off and repot them into their own pots well that would if i did that now i would have four right <laughs> How many do I need? <laughs> well, when they flower, they flower for months and months and months. Like the flowers last okay. a really long time. So what I would do if I were you, I, I wouldn't do any major re-slicing or potting now. I'd wait till spring. So okay. for now, I would just continue with what you're doing. Uh, if one of them does start to flower, though, because they often will flower as the winter progresses, uh, you will you will see just how interesting these plants are, and that the the flowers last like literally six months. Oh my! And sometimes they take people get frustrated because years go by and they don't flower, and they feel like they're doing everything right, and why aren't they flowering? And that's when you get out, believe it or not, a plastic bag and an apple, and you put the the plant in the plastic bag with the apple, and, okay. and you using the very naturally occurring that's coming off of the oh apple to gosh, help an awful lot. <laughs> create that flower. Well, don't worry about the fl- like. Let us know if you don't have a flower. Give it another six months or so. But in the meantime, keep doing okay. what you're doing because you're doing. And would I put would I put them outside? I don't usually. I leave them inside, but you can. You wouldn't go straight into the sun though. You no, go- I I have bushes and I have yeah. places to. I put my orchids in bushes Perfect. and put them outside. Exactly. I and they love to get rid of them because there's so much to do in the garden anyway. I know. Well, they're nice fillers in the garden. And orchids and the bromeliads, would, they will love the natural, like the humidity obviously outside, and they love that natural rainfall. Um, oh, you know, yeah, okay. that water is just so well, much I'm better. I'm just going to have to try to remember everything you said. Oh, well, well no, for now, do you know what worry. you can You can do, nope. uh, yep. Jean, what you can do is uh, go to our website, AM740. Oh. Have you got a computer at home? No. Okay, well, go to a friend who has. Uh, my say, daughter, my daughter. Sure. So go and, to where? Yeah, go to AM740 radio, and you'll go website. to the main page, and then when you find uh, the word podcasts, you enter there and look for the garden show, and you can listen to any show that From we've the done. Past. Uh, yeah, the right. garden show. Yeah, yeah. So even this show we're doing right now, yeah. if you want to hear yourself, because of course you are now part of this podcast, yeah. and it will be up on the website usually by about Monday or Tuesday next week. With the holiday, it might be more yeah, like Wednesday yeah. next week. But yeah, so give it a couple of days to get onto the website. But if you looked even now, you'll see last week's show uh, on the AM740 And that's where you can pick website. up on AM740. Yeah. I mean, I've got grandchildren that are coming today, and they their computer... 
Oh, well, they're savvy. Sure. They'll help you. I'll have them see what they can do, too. (laughs) Well, that's right. And likely your grandchildren are walking around with smartphones or uh, iPads. All kinds of stuff. I have no... Like, I'm 86, so what do I know about all this stuff? Oh, good good for you. You don't need to. That's why we have children and grandchildren. That's what they're supposed (laughs) to do. Exactly. <laughs> Have them out there hilling potatoes, for guys' sakes. Wait, make no, some no, money. No. They won't do that. <laughs> potatoes, too. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us, Jean. Okay, well, thank you very much, Charlie. All right. Bye-bye. Have a Bye-bye great Christmas. Christmas. You, too. Okay. <laughs> what a delightful gal. 86, hey? Isn't that yeah, terrific? I know. Uh, she sounds like a, just a fun lady. She does. Yeah. Speaking of fun, <laughs> uh, we're going to take just a little bit of a break right now, but I want to thank the folks today for, you know, being uh, fairly concise in, in their uh, questions. I forgot to give the little mantra ah, called early call point. off and one question per call. And as we said goodbye there to Jean, that leaves a line open. And here are the numbers one more time, 416-360-0740. That's in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Why don't you join the fun and uh, call us up and say hi. And uh, offer up maybe some uh, of your own good gardening advice. We accept advice, don't we not, Charlie? Hmm? Oh, you do. Yeah, well, I know. <laughs> okay. As you should. Right. Well, we're going to be back in just a couple of moments. I uh, have to uh, give over some time here to some of our friendly sponsors, all of our friendly sponsors mm-hmm. for that matter. And we shall return in moments here on AM740 Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Her little pro man, uh, promo rather um, yes. last week, I guess, for uh, Brian Paroff and his show, uh, Theater of the Mind. Mm. And uh, back in the 40s, they had a wonderful program, Life with Luigi. And uh, one of the lines that I remember, and I was a little guy listening in with my mom and dad, Hey, Rosa! Hello, Rosa! I wonder, <laughs> I, I'm only no. doing this because we've we got go. Rosa online from Milton. Uh, Not Rosa. the same Rosa then. No. Hello, Rosa. Welcome to the show. Oh, I can hardly hear you. Love, get close to that phone, okay? Thank you for finally taking my call. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now this is my problem. I have, my husband had oleanders outside. Then he took it, he dug it up, and he put it inside one of them, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I was going by it the other day, and I noticed, like, I was listening to Irene, and I was wondering if that basically is the same problem that I have here. Mm -hmm. But what it is, it was some kind of liquid on the leaves, I said, my goodness, how did water stay mm-hmm. from the time I watered it? Why is it like that? But it was more like syrup or something. Mm-hmm. I said, what the heck is this? So I didn't worry too much, right? Mm-hmm. So and then I was passing another day, and the flowers were coming out now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so I went there to smell them. But then, my God, my hand was full of little, uh, like, orange balls. I aphids. said, what is this? Those are aphids. They are what, please? Aphids. A-P-H-I-D-S. Aphids. So they are um, very soft-bodied, tiny little insects, and their little mouth part is like a straw. And so they take that little straw-type mouth, and they stick it through the leaf, and they just drink down all kinds of syrup, and their little bodies blow up like little balloons, and their legs don't even touch the ground anymore, (laughs) so their little legs are waving up in the air. It's very funny to watch aphids. 
Americans eat because they they eat way too much, and oh, they, and God. then they have to just sit there and wait for the, <laughs> yeah. some of this liquid to go down so they can move. But um, but meanwhile, yes, they are leaving behind again. You're getting that sticky nectar, that sap dripping. Uh, very common aphids do love oleanders. I'm not surprised you have orange ones because they typically are yeah bright yellow or orange mm-hmm. on oleanders. So your job will be to and they're not hard to kill. Um, you don't even need the big guns that I recommended that Eileen get for her lemon tree. You don't need to use Endol. That's uh, something stronger than you need. All you need is uh, something like safer soap. So s- very simple. Like what kind of soap? S- soap. Okay. But not detergent. Safer. Okay. Maybe you could so, spell that. Yeah, for... Safers is a is a brand. S A F E R S. Safers okay. soap. So you can buy that pre-mixed at any of the garden centers or home uh, stores. Okay. Uh, and follow the directions. Again, it's one of those very. It's very important that you, each little insect is covered with the soapy solution mm-hmm. in order to kill the insect. Because oh. um, no, it doesn't get down to the earth, does it? No. Nope. No. Oh, okay. So the, just worry where do I just worry where I see them or to every leaf, every I, branch. I would I would concentrate when you're spraying on every single branch. Oh, I'm spraying. I thought I was washing. Yeah, no, no. You you'll spray this on. It'll be a soapy solution. It's a soap and water solution. You can make your own forty parts water to one part soap. Okay. But it's for many people, it's tough to come up with soap. It's very easy to come up with detergent, and detergent will not work the way soap will. Okay. Uh, so that's why you'll need to, you can, like I said, just buy it ready to go. Soap, for, as it's like insecticidal soap, it'll say right on the package. Mm-hmm. Follow the directions. You will spray thoroughly the entire plant, top of the leaves, bottom of the leaves, branches, stems, till it's dripping. Uh, and then uh, an hour or so later, you will preferably do this in the shower if you can, just rinse off all that soap and water and then do this whole thing over again about seven days later. And oh that should that should solve goodness. the problem. Yeah, because the eggs will not be annihilated by the soap. So Only... don't worry about the earth at, at no time? No. Nope. Nope. Okay. They're not in the earth. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. And season's greetings to the both of you. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much, Rosa. Much, Rosa. You too. Bye-bye. All Bye. the very best. Thank you again. You are listening to The Garden Show from AM740, Zoomer Radio. We're broadcasting live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Charlie Dobbin is our expert's name. She's here every Saturday from 9 to 10, as am I, Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden. And that uh, or the oh, I was just going to say that. Yeah, the under, I am yeah. the under under gardener under, sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. I'm just going to say that uh, phone call leaves uh, a line open, but nope, it's being filled up already. So let's take our, our next caller. It's a first timer, too. Hey, Susan, there you go. The chimes are for you in Thornhill. Good morning. Yes, I am on. I was listening. Good. Welcome, Welcome good morning to the show. to both of you. Yes, Thank good morning. You. Uh, I, I have an orchid, mm-hmm. which I received 14 months ago. Mm-hmm. Hello? Yep. Yes, I can hear Go you. Go ahead. I can't hear you. Have you got your radio on too, dear? <laughs> uh, have you? So, uh, it has a nice short stalk with a couple of blooms. Mm-hmm. And for 14 months, now it has the fourth shoot with 10 blooms on it. Mm-hmm. But every time a new shoot comes up, it grows longer and longer. I don't have a long enough stake to, 
Prop <laughs> it up. <laughs> Is that wow. normal? Um, actually, it sounds to me like you're doing Hello? something. Hello. Okay, here's um, Susan. Susan, you know what? You've got your radio up. I think that's the problem. Can you turn your radio down? Okay, I shut it off. Yeah, that's that's good because that's causing but some I feedback. I can't hear you. Now, you can hear us now, can you not? A little bit better. Okay, that's good. All right, Susan, it sounds to me like you're doing the right thing with the orchid. Uh, you're doing something very right. <laughs> Those the, long... funny, the funny thing is that I never was a so-called green thumb. That's okay. We always had artificial plants <laughs> because everything kept dying on us. Oh, well. And now this orchid lives for 14 months. And clearly and loves you. bringing up new shoots. That's so right. I think I'm doing something right. <laughs> I think so, too. So, yeah, I wouldn't... I mean, Hello? Hello. So, um, suggestion, Susan, maybe maybe hang up the phone. Uh, thank you for your call. Hang up the phone and then turn your radio up, and then I'm going to answer your question. Okay. That's, that's Did you hear bet. me? Yeah. Okay. okay. No, I can hear you. All right. Okay. All right. If I you would can... like to stay on the line. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So my... If you don't have a stake long enough to stake these long shoots, again, go to your local Home Depot, Lowe's, Sheridan's, whatever, in Thornhill, you know, Angelo's, and they will have bamboo, little green bamboo stakes. And what you need is a longer, what you're orchid probably came with a short little stake That's you just right. you just need like a a one foot or a two foot stake you just need a little bit longer stakes and that will help hold those stems straight because they is do get taut. normal that every shoot is a little bit longer than the previous one yep Yep, perfectly normal, and all those buds that are forming are taut, are heavy, and that's where the staking comes in handy. It has ten blooms on that shoot. It's so beautiful. That's it's great. unbelievable. That's great. Oh, you should take a picture and send yeah. us a picture. <laughs> and and all the roots are outside. That's right. That's exactly what the way orchids and grow. They are growing longer, also. Yeah. Well, you you are going to be a very good. That's ca- all normal. Yes, totally normal, and maybe in. May or June, it will be appropriate to give that orchid a bigger pot and some more bark. Call us back then, and and Charlie will kind of guide you through that process, okay? Yeah. Thank you very much for your call, uh, Susan. Yeah. What is the lifespan of an orchid like that? Oh, gosh. Uh, It's 20, 30 years. I mean, they'll live for a very long time. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You keep yourself healthy, please. That's right. I soak it once a a week. Perfect. It loves that. And let it run off, and yeah. and that's it. Yeah, yeah. We have to run off ourselves. That's come good. to think of it, thank uh, you, Susan. Okay, Susan. Thank, thank you, you very much. Okay, my have darling. A thanks. Good holiday season. Thank you. Very best to you too. Bye. Yeah, we are up to our next commercial break here at AM seven forty, and we'll be back to talk to a first time caller from Buffalo, New York, in just a moment. Uh, and just before we take that break, uh, let's kind of help contribute to it. You know, I I'm a guy who showers. I don't take baths, but oh. I am really might, tempted might to fill be up the too bathtub. Much well, no, because I want to try the new uh, topical 
uh, analgesic spray that Sierra still has because they advocate spraying like well, maybe five, six spritzes oh, in, into the, in bath. the bath. Well, because it's an it oil-based spray, yeah, and, and it, oh, it smells great. It's it a really, really – it's got some wonderful essence going on yeah. there. It's very fragrant, and like you said, it works like a charm, and that's for muscle pain yep. versus the Sierra Sil pills, which we've talked about for a number of years, which is more for joint mm-hmm. pain and stiffness in yep. joints. Both of us have found had really good results with either of these products and highly recommend that if you have any joint pain or muscle pain, you might want to get more information by going to sierrasil.ca or call, giving the wonderful people, they're in Vancouver, a phone call, one eight seven seven joint 14 S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Frank Proctor here, sous chef of The Garden, and along with Charlie, and we're having a great time this morning talking to our listeners from all over the place, including Buffalo, New York. York. Lori is a first-time caller. Here come the chimes. There they are. Welcome to the show, Lori. Thank you. Um, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, I have a question regarding uh, transferring a couple of plants here. I have a, a variegated wigalia mm-hmm. and a barberry bush, and my garden is overflowing, basically, so I need to move them. And the weather hasn't been cooperative for me to get them out yet. And um, we are supposed to get, I guess, a couple of days warmer this week, and I happen to be off. So I didn't know, is it feasible for me to move them now, or should I wait until after, like, the the ground thaws? I wasn't sure, you know, if I had to wait till spring or... because they're dormant now, if you right. could move them, if it would cause damage to the bush. Well, no, it's a great question. The, the only thing that limits our ability to do any transplanting or digging in the garden is frozen soil. So I'm going to assume that you have no snow and that your uh, soil is still uh, soft and pliable or, sh- you know, you could d- put a shovel into it. Okay, I got. It. I'd have to check. Yeah, like here in southern Ontario, I mean, we didn't get that horrendous twenty feet or seven feet of snow that you guys did. But where you live, did you get a ton of snow or not so much? No, actually, I was on the north side of the band because right. I actually I live just outside of Buffalo. I okay. live like in North Tonawanda, okay. and we only had like yeah. three or four inches and right. talk about being yeah. funny because yeah. my yeah. office actually had a foot and then two miles south of that they, they were in the seven feet oh, and yeah. you could see the band from here. It was dramatic, it was eh? hysterical to uh, say the least. Well, um, yeah, a bit scary though too, I think. Yeah, uh, it was. So, um, so, the reason why we try to not do transplanting now at this late in the season is because when we transplant a plant, we are going to do root damage, and we know that a healthy plant will just grow more roots. But because the soil is now cooled off, and of course the plants are dormant, there won't be a lot of growth if you were to transplant today or tomorrow. Um, The rule of thumb is transplanting should take place about six weeks before the first serious frost. Uh, 
Now, okay. you've definitely had, you know, serious frost. We all started getting that back in November. So uh, this wouldn't be my optimal time to do transplanting. You can do it if the ground, like I said, if the ground is not frozen, you can do it. Sometimes people have to. They're moving or, you know, some big right. construction project is starting, so they have to move things. But if you don't have to, I would put it off if you can until early, later in the spring. Spring will arrive. The plants will start to show little green growth, but no leaves yet. And okay. at that point, when we're still, the plants are just waking up, that's an easy time to transplant because they're not in full leaf yet. Okay. Uh, and But, of course, the ground will be thawing or thawed at that point. Use some transplanter fertilizer for your best chance of success and move as big a root ball as you can. Okay. All right. Great. Thanks hey, you're so welcome much for anytime, your call. Lori. Thank you. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And you too. And you Thank too. you. Thank you. Hey, we've got time just to quickly get along to uh, Rick. Rick, in he's White a River, one of our regular Rick. callers, he's... but way, way up north there. Hi, Rick. Good morning, both of you. And good morning to you, Rick. How are things up in White River? Well, I'm having a hard time finding some long underwear for my orchid. <laughs> I was going to say, how many pairs of long underwear do you have on now? <laughs> one for sure. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Oh, your orchids are a little chilly, are they? Uh, yeah, it's not too good in here. But I just, I got this little thing for. Uh, your aphids, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. Oh. I put that soft brush on it, okay? You mm-hmm. know, like the long-haired little brush. Yep. Attachment. Yeah. And uh, it does a pretty good job of cleaning off my aphids. Well, isn't that neat? I never well, thought of that. Yeah, particularly wow. on a plant that is a sturdy plant, like an oleander yeah, well, is very sturdy. You can kind of go at it with a vacuum and it's not going to yeah, panic. Yeah, two hands, like sort of take the leaves or yeah. whatever, and it, it just takes pretty good care of them. And, of course, eggs are still there, and you have to do re- redo this Same. treatment. So you'd have okay. to throw that bag out from the, the vacuum uh, cleaner because you've got all sorts of little bugs in there, right? Mm. Well, no, I just take them outside the door for a couple minutes. <laughs> oh, that's it? <laughs> they, don't, they don't have their long underwear on either. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I kind of have a second question, Frank. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was wondering about poinsettias. Do you, uh-huh. you fertilize them or what? Uh, you're hoping to keep these poinsettias as long as you possibly can. You could Not give really. them some fertilizer, um, half strength. Half a. Yep, yep. Yeah. And avoid drafts, of course, and uh, keep them moist but not wet. Right. I like that vacuum the aphids idea, yeah, though. A, I'm, a, I'm a, scribbling a that work. down. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, Rick, have yourself a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, okay? God bless. Now the best of the season. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you, and good to hear from you. Stay and warm. You Bye. know Thank what? You. That's, we're on a racetrack here. I know we are. Yeah. And speaking of, of racetrack and being other things, you do realize that tomorrow is the shortest day of the year. Oh, yeah. It's yes. Winter, winter solstice. Winter solstice. So mm-hmm. here in uh, where we live, it's at 6 o'clock, 6.03 tomorrow. 6.03, Shortest night. Yep. So, of course, my real point here is days are getting longer. Yes. Starting on yes, Monday. Yes. Spring is in the air. Uh-huh. Keep that in mind. Stay tuned for the guys uh, from Dave's Corner Garage. Alan Gelman will be kind of shepherding everyone through the show. He's driving the show. He's driving the show today. And uh, thank you, everybody. Great Justin, calls. Thanks, thank Justin. Thanks, Frank. Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.